Thank you, precious Father.
Good morning once again to everyone. I trust you're doing well. If it's your first time joining us, my name is the one and only Pastor Norbert Freeman. I know you don't know me, but you'll be glad to know me. All the principalities have woken up so we can start our class now. Father, we thank you for this beautiful day that you have made. We are glad and we rejoice in it. Thank you for life. Thank you for mercies. Father, we thank you for the life saved in Turkey and the earthquake, even around the Syria and the Palestine borders. Lord, we ask that your hand be with those who are bereaved. Thank you for the nations that are still sound and healthy. Lord, in these last days, we ask that you keep us keep us. May our leg be far from evil. May our desire be far from evil. Keep us, Lord. Keep us, Lord. Father, keep us. Keep us. Those who are still trapped under, may they be found alive. Lord, help us. In these last days of evil, Lord, keep us. Jesus said that when that day come, he said, he that is down, he should let him not go up. He said, he that is with a child, he said, let her cry because the pain will be too much. He said, if not for the sake of the saint, he said, the days would have been too long that nobody will survive. But for the sake of the saint, I will shorten the days. Father, look upon the saint and show mercy upon the earth. Father, we thank you. Thank you. Thank you, for you are a merciful and a good God. We give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Don't mind my prayer. Somebody declare today is a good day for me.
Say that to yourself. Say, today is a good day for me. Today is a good day for me. All right. So quickly, we're running through a very popular um, word called faith. Thank God we have somebody called faith online with us. Faith, 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 faith. And the first scripture we're taking, I think we've dealt with this topic before, but I'm going to be taking it on a different angle. Um, Romans chapter 1 verse 17, it said, And herein is, um, is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. Can we, can we say faith does not have faith? Or she will have faith after this morning. Herein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. From faith to faith. All right. From faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. All right. So, Three things I'm going to pick out from that scripture. Number one is that the moment you are righteous, there is a deposit of faith in you. All right? The moment you are righteous, you are saved, you are born again, there is a deposit of what we call faith in you because without faith in the first place, you can't be born again. Okay? The moment you get born again, ah, Lord Jesus, come into my life and all of it. You, there is a deposit of faith in you because you wouldn't need faith to accept Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. That is the first thing we pick out of that scripture. The second thing we pick out of that scripture is that faith should grow. All right? From that level of faith to another level of faith. As I said, from faith to faith. Your faith should grow from that level of faith of believing in Jesus, all right, to another level of faith. The problem here is that a lot of us, the faith you have is the one you used to receive Christ. That is the faith you have been with. So when you hear us talk about baby Christian, that is what we are referring to, that you are not growing in your belief, your faith, and your understanding to God. You should grow out of it. Okay? That is the second thing I'm taking out of that scripture. Then the third thing I'm taking out of it is after it has grown, your life now should be on the platform of faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. The word as it is written means that this last statement I'm making has existed before. Okay? So Paul was saying from where it was written. Alright? I'm just saying this so that you understand how the Bible is read and all that. As it is written. So this statement has been written before. I'm only making reference to what was written. And that statement was made by the prophet called Habakkuk. Alright? 
Habakkuk. I think you find it in Habakkuk, I think 2 verse 2. I think so, 2 verse 2 or 2 verse 4. I can't remember. But in the book of Habakkuk, Habakkuk 2 verse 2 or 2 verse 4, either of them, check it for me, you'll find it. It should be 4. Habakkuk 2 verse 4. The just shall live by faith. So once you are righteous, you are born again, there is a deposit of faith entrusted to you for now becoming a member of this family of Christ, number one. Number two thing is that there is, um, you are expected to grow out of that measure of faith or that deposit of faith to a better, to a higher level of faith, okay? Where you now begin to receive, where you now, you are no more the one depending on being prayed for, you can now pray for others. You are no more the one waiting um, for somebody to come and check on you why you didn't come to church. You should now grow to be able to check on somebody. Ah, sister, I didn't see you in church. They are expected to grow. And after that, your life should now be dependent on faith. All right, Habakkuk 2 verse 4. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. So now you are justified. That's what the word, the word just there means. Okay? The word just is not ordinary. Like the way you use just in English, just this thing, just that thing. No. The word just means you are now justified. Alright? To be justified means you are now being cleared off. You are now being cleared off your debts, your errors, and all of it. So from now, your life the currency you are supposed to spend in your life is supposed to be the currency of it. And I'm going to run us through Genesis chapter 1 before we go deep into this topic. In Genesis chapter 1, the Bible made us understand that God created the heavens and the earth. He made the sun. He made the star. He made the moon. He made everything and all and all and all and all and all that come with it. I'm sure we know the story. If you have not read it, then you have a long way to go. You should go back to do that. All right? But the book of Hebrews 11 have a different account of everything that happened there. The book of Hebrews 11 have a different account that all those things we read, God made man, he made the animals, he made this. Let's go to Hebrews 11 and um, let's start from verse 1, 2, and 3. I'm looking for 3 specifically, but we're going to take from verse 1, 2, 3 so we get a clear picture of where we are landing on. Hebrews 11 from verse 1, 2, 3. He said, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, it didn't say later, now. So faith is an action word. Anytime you hear faith, you're talking about action. Faith is an action word. All right? Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good report. Verse 3, 
this is what we're looking at. We're going to come back to verse 1 now. But this is what we're looking at now. Through faith, we understand. Alright? So faith is a lens for understanding. Faith has a microscopic capacity for you to see things. Faith is an eye of its own. Faith is a mind of its own. Let me repeat. Faith has a microscopic capacity to view things. Number one. Number two, faith has an eye or it's an eye of its own. Why faith also has a mind of its own. So you can see things with your natural eyes and you can choose not to see things with your natural eyes but to see with the eyes of faith. You can think things with your natural mind. You can think not to um, you can decide not to think with your natural mind but to think with a mind of faith. It is yours to wear or to take off. All right? It's a true faith we understand. So Paul was saying that we have viewed from the eyes of faith. We have um, um, thoughts from the eyes of in the mind of faith. Now we now understand that the words. So he's talking about the the cosmos, the galaxy of the earth, and all all that pertain to it. We're framed by the word of God, so that the things which we are seeing. We are not made of things which do appear. So Paul is saying, every account you saw in Genesis chapter 1, it was faith that brought them. And it takes only a man of faith to understand how they came to pass. If a scientist reads Genesis, they're going to argue everything. They will tell you, no, this is not true, it's not correct. Um, one person, One person said, that there was a big bank, the big bank theory. Another person said that man came from ape, and ape now look like this. It's not me. It's you and your family that came from ape. You and your father, and your grandfather that came from ape. And while we were in primary school, we we're seriously drawing that, you know, eh? Drawing that in Homo erectus, Homo this. You now draw ape from ape to this. Look, my friend, it's you and your father that came from ape. I didn't come from ape. I am born of God, and he that is born of God overcometh the world. What kind of nonsense teaching is that in? My children will not learn that in. If I see it in their book, I will tear the page. What kind of ape did I come from? I, I am born of God. I was created in God's image, and God is not ape. Nonsense teaching. So, they will argue with you, but the Bible said, don't mind me, I'm just being sarcastic. The Bible said that the world we live in and everything that is inside has been proven by scripture that it was all framed by the word of God. I don't know if this has happened to you or you've thought about this. Some of you now that have big body, even those of you that have small body, a normal table that you have more weight than the table cannot stand with two legs. The table will need four legs to stand. But you have only two legs. You stand without falling. You walk, you run. Science will look for something to tell you and give you. 
that is fine. That, I, I appreciate science so much. But hear me, there is a force that has made you what you are. There is a power that has made you what you are. And that is the power of faith via God's spoken word. How can the sheep stay on the sea? That was when Noah told them that he was about to make an ark and all that. Everybody laughed because, first of all, a big, that kind of load that we carry things cannot stay on the water without sinking and this and that and that and that and that and that. But it happened. All right? So we should understand how powerful God is and the power of God is revealed from faith to faith. So if we understand that capacity, then we should also walk with faith so that we can experience the same power of God. All right? The Bible said the just shall live by faith. You find it in Habakkuk 2 verse 4, Romans chapter 1 verse 17, Hebrews 10 verse 38. You find it all in this scripture. The just, the moment you are born again, you are not permitted to live by your own thinking. And, but we Ghanaians, there's a way we think. That's fine. You should think kingdom first before we Ghanaians. Uh, but we Nigerians, we have to know. You should think kingdom first. Think faith first. All right? So that even when the environment you are living in is crashing, even when the environment you are living in, the government is turning things upside down, faith should be what moves you, not the government, not the economy, not the country. All right. Now, the first thing we saw in that scripture we read, it said now, I said faith is an action word. It said now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I've, I've explained this before. Now, this is what it is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Understand this now. Substance means... Everyone now listening to me, I guess you are holding your phone. That is substance. All right? Hope is what has not come. We're talking English now. Substance is what you can hold. Substance is what you can touch. Hope is what you can't touch, you can't see, you are expecting that's why I don't like that name, hope. It's not a good name. Eh? Hope is not a good name. There's nothing good about hope. It's better you answer faith than you answer hope. Eh? Faith is what you can touch, what you can hold. I have a, a, a phone that is the evidence, the evidence, the evidence, the substance. So, this is what he's saying. This is how faith works now. He said faith gives you what you are looking for even before it comes. Now, Pearl is trusting God to get married to a very handsome guy, a very rich man, a man who has like uh, five cars, a man who has six pack. No, how can the pack be bigger more than the car? A man who has six pack and ten cars and has million of dollars in the account and now 
But right now, she's single, yet to meet the man. So what should Pearl do? Pearl is supposed to create a substance of that man she's hoping for. All right? Two ways to do that. Number one, there are more than two ways, but let me just put it two major ways. Number one is to imagine what the man should look like. Yeah, you should be able to create a mental picture of what that guy, what I just said now, six-pack. I know some of you, I just mentioned six-pack. Some ladies now, their eyes are already turning around. They are now seeing Van Vika. They are seeing Jim Ike and the rest of them. The Lord is your strength. You should be able to create a picture irrespective of what color the man is. It doesn't matter to fate right now. Irrespective of the size of the man, it doesn't matter to fit right now. But you should be able to create a mental picture of such person, create the mental picture of the cars and the kind of cars, create the mental picture of a wealthy person, all right? That picture. Then keep it in your heart. Then it has to grow beyond you thinking and imagining it to you feeling yourself with the person. Who? This is where faith works. All right? Don't forget, he said substance. Substance means I need to have it. So you need to think it until you feel it. Are you getting what I'm saying at all? You need to think it until you feel it. So this is where you hear men of God said, act it. All right? Act as if, as if you have it. You are sick. You are not feeling fine. They say, act as if you are well. Speak as if you are well. So you start acting it. So you need to feel yourself in the presence of that imagination. You need to feel yourself in the atmosphere of that imagination. That is number one. Number two thing you can do is to get a picture, a physical picture. All right? You can go download an image of what look like what you are trusting God for. Let's say you want to get a house. You want to live in a good house. Get a picture of the house. Keep it on your phone or before you. Keep looking at it. Imagine it. See yourself living in it and all kind of things. What you are doing is that you are faking it. You are not faking it. You don't need to fake it when you can fake it. There's a motivational quote, fake it until you make it. No. You don't need to fake it when you can fake it. Faith is more powerful than fake. Faith is more powerful, more feasible than being fake. So you create a mental picture, possibly have a physical or an ideal um, image of what you are trusting God for. Then you keep talking to God about it. You keep looking at it. You keep thinking about it. You keep praying about it. You keep loving it. One thing you must understand, everyone, is whatever you hate, you can't have. Whatever you castigate, you can't have. All right? Somebody got married. They said, what kind of wedding is that? Look at the wedding gown. It looks like this. What you are doing is that you are chasing your wedding far. Somebody bought a car. He said you will rejoice. What kind of car is that? This, no, you are chasing your own car far. No, 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 no. Anything you don't love, you can't have. All right? You want to attract something, love it, talk about it positively, 
all right? Respect it. Anything you want to have, love it, talk about it positively, and respect it. Respect it. And you go attract it with ease. So he said, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. So you should have the evidence of what you have not seen. I'm trusting God to get a car. So what should be my evidence? I can get a key holder as an evidence of the car that I've not seen. I can get the picture of a car. If you have been following me on Facebook for like five, six years, I'm not sure there's anybody like that here, maybe my wife or a few persons. I posted a video, a picture of a Corolla. We're doing, I think some, this is the car she's following by then. We are, we're doing some faith confession for some days. I posted a video of some nice Corolla car and added my confession to it. People were tagging me, congratulations. When I woke up in the morning, I was scared. People, you see one funny thing about human beings, people don't actually read. They don't read. If you post a wedding ring on your WhatsApp, on your Facebook post, your Facebook now, people will not read what you typed. You will hear congratulations, congratulations. It means you are married or you are engaged. They don't care, they don't care, they don't care. So I, I made a lot of uh, posts of confession, added a card to it. When I woke up the morning, I had over 30 congratulations. I was now scared to tell them that, ah, it's not my car. Oh. Read the post I wrote. I was writing the confession. I know um, God loves me. God, I, I will have this kind of car and all those kind of things. And all I did was I began to accept the congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My pastor ever have to come and say, so you bought car, you didn't tell me. I said, no, so I didn't buy car. I only made the post like a faith post and all that. And he was, he, we started laughing. So we laughed about it and all that. One year later, I bought a Corolla car. The next thing I did was I went to print a picture of a Corolla car, put in my room. I put on my wardrobe. I said, listen, I said, this time I made this post on my Facebook I, I, I have no money. Am I saying money? I have no thought of owning a car. Me that was even looking for food. Is it me that I want to start buying a car? There was no plan. There was no thought. Nothing. Nothing. So that helped boost my faith. I got a picture of the car. I put it in my room. One year later, I got the car. Was it one year? No, one year later, I got a car. Not the same car. It was two years later, I got exactly the same product of Corolla, all right? So in, in the business world, they call it drawing board, okay? They call it drawing board. It pulls you closer. It pulls you closer to what you are trusting God for, having an evidence of what you have not seen. You want to get married? There's nothing stopping you from getting a bouquet keep before your dressing mirror. There's nothing stopping you. You want to get married, nothing stops you buying a wedding gown. Nothing stops you. Buy a wedding shoe. Buy a wedding. Buy something that represents a wedding. Trusting God for a baby, nothing stops you buying a wedding dress. Uh, is it wedding dress now? Sorry. That's for, for Buy a baby cloth. Keep it. Nothing stops you. Keep it right there. 
speak to it. This my wedding is coming. This my baby is coming. This my baby is coming. I think I shared a post the other day. A lady came to me, a woman, it's not a lady, it's a woman, came to me and to pray for her. While we were praying, I said to her, I said, this is the gender of the baby. This is what God is saying. This is what God is saying. And from the message she sent, she said she had prayed to God that that should be the gender of the baby. So you see, it was not because, possibly it is not because God had planned to give her a baby boy, but because it has been her desire. Listen, you should understand, don't live your life by chance. What will be, will be. Whatever God say, whatever. No, 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 no. God have left a large part of your life in your hand. It will surprise you to know God has left a large part of your life. Let me repeat what I said. God have left a large part of your life in your hand. Okay? There are things you can't change. There are things you can change. There are things you can't alter. There are things you can alter. But God has put a very large part of your life in your hand. So the things you ask for, as long as it is according to his will, Bible said he's going to give it to you. Accord, as long as it is according to his will, he's going to give it to you. So make sure you are asking according to his will. How do you ask according to his will? Check the word of God. All right? Come in now and say, God... Um, I want to marry this. Um, it's like telling God, now the Father, let Pastor Nobel become my husband. You are, you are not outside God's will. You are outside this planet's will. You are even Satan's will. Christ not part of your will. Now, why if you use fasting and prayer to send it to where you? They will send you to Pluto. Do you know where Pluto is? They will send you to Pluto. Pluto cry, material rejects you and pass you to Mars and Jupiter. So you don't ask God for things. Asking God for something according to his will, it must be in line with the word of God. All right? So he said, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. And I like what he said in verse 2. He said, for by it the elders obtained a good report. Now, we're not going to go into the exegesis of that part of that scripture. But what he's saying is that elders in faith will always get a good report. How do I put this? Those who are matured in faith are called elders in the kingdom and they will always get results. Those who are matured in faith are called elders. Those who are matured in faith, who have trusted God. Faith, what is faith? Let's not be using big grammar. Faith simply means believing God. Faith means trusting God. All right? And you don't say you trust something or trust someone and you can't follow them or obey what they say. If you say you have faith, one of the secrets to every faith person is total obedience. People of faith look like fools. People of faith look like and behave like fools. Abraham, check, read Abraham's story. If not that you are a Christian, being an unbeliever, you're going to call Abraham a fool, read it from the beginning. A lot of you that listen to me, I tell you, get out of your house. So we are a pastor. Say, pack all your loot. 
I'm going, I want to show you somewhere. Pastor, we here. Even my own wife, Kara, will not follow me immediately. She will still ask me, we here. But that mean that shows you that your level of faith in that thing or that person has not grown. All right? But Abraham, the first time he was hearing God in that capacity, woke up, packed his load, left without explanation. All he had was a promise. Pack your load, follow me. I want to show you a good place. I will bless you. I will do this. Boom, Abraham went. So God follow us on how we leverage our obedience to his instructions. Your, we spoke about obedience for the past three weeks. Your level of obedience accounts how much you trust God. Your level of obedience accounts how much you trust God. Let me ask every one of us while we proceed. What are the things God have told you about your marriage, about your finance? Maybe you are a single lady. God told you, don't worry, you will get married. And right now, you are now searching for a husband by yourself. Get my contest. I didn't say you shouldn't check, you shouldn't look out for a man. All I'm saying is you are not doing your own thing to not attract men. Looking for skimpy clothes, sleeping with anybody in case... If I let them go now, John say, want to sleep with me. Uh, Peter say, want to sleep with me. Um, uh, tomatoes want to sleep with me. If I don't sleep with them, I will not know who my husband is. Maybe he will just sleep with me and like me and now marry me. That is no more God's promise. That is your own doing. All right? That is no more the promise of God. That is your own doing. That is what you got. A job was, God told you, don't worry. I'm going to give you a job and a job opportunity gets opened and the person tells you, you see this job opportunity, um, I'm going to give it to you on one condition. You will sign an agreement with me. When they pay um, salary, you will be in charge of paying salary for workers, you will be the accountant. When they pay salaries, I want you to remove 10, 10% from every of the staff. I will give you, at, at the end, I will give you 20%. I will keep 80 so just write it. You will get your whole salary full, but make sure you will cheat the people and all that. The moment you agree to that, that is no more the job God promised you. Yeah. Even if that was the job God told you want to give you, God told you you get a job in the bank, you get a job. The moment you compromise, it is no more God's own. God will take his hands off. And at the end of the day, trust me, there's always a way it backfires. What has God told you? What has God instructed you? What have you learned from the Bible that this is how God would want me to do things or live my life? A simple and humble question is this. Have you done it? Have you kept it? Have you obeyed it? Have you stayed with it? Are you still trusting God? Are you still believing God? Or time is going. So if God does not come fast, I will just go. We must learn to trust him. Somebody said, I, I will trust God. Say that, say that, I will trust God. I will, I will, I will. I will trust him. We must learn to trust God. We must learn to trust God. So, 
He said, by it, the elders obtain a good report. All right? So faith, maturity in faith makes you an elder in the kingdom. Maturity in faith makes you an elder in the kingdom. Don't trust God only when you are in trouble. Please, trust God even when all is well. You are broke. You are decided praying, trusting God for money to come. When the money comes, do you trust God on how to spend the money? This is why some persons will never be rich. i tell you the truth. They will never prosper. Because whenever they are in trouble, oh, Father, bless me. Money now come. God now bring 10,000 for a test. And the next thing, phew, they are gone. Not Father. So what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? How do I spend this money? I have a business plan. I have debt to pay. I have things to do. Lord, give me wisdom. What do I do? No, you just use your brain to calculate. Oh, yeah, if I just buy one shoe, buy two clothes, I go to the village, I come back, I do this. Phew, oh, yeah, it will be left with 2,000. Then I will just do this, do this. I have never eaten shawarma for a long time. I will eat two shawarma and add one um, tilapia to it and drink one bottle of uh, Coke. And phew, then we will not trust God again. Come on. You should be the sign that you trust God is that the thing God brought, you must trust him to be able to show you how to utilize it. You must trust him to be able to show you how to maintain it. It's part of what faith is. So Bible said that we understand that the world we live in was framed, was framed. You've heard that the earth has no pillar, that the earth rotates. The earth God just spoke by faith, and the earth began to move. Every other galaxies, God spoke them. The star, the sun, the moon, and every of the thing, God spoke them. All right? So let's read further. Let's read further. I want us to take some stories. I want us to take some stories in the scripture. Let's go from verse 4 now. The same Hebrews 11, from verse 4. They're going to give us... I have a particular story I want to take to help us understand, but let's take some scriptures that's going to help us. Verse 4, it says, By faith, Abel, by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and by it, he being dead, yet speaketh. Let's examine this scripture before we go further. I don't want us to take a lot of scriptures, and yet we are confused. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. So by faith, Abel was made righteous. God also testifying of his gift that yes, Abel gave a good gift. And by it, he being dead, yet he was still speaking. A dead man was speaking. Hmm. I would like us to go to Genesis now. Let's go and read the real account of what happened and compare it with this scripture and see what faith really is. 
Genesis chapter 4. Please how to study your Bible. Learn to compare scriptures with scriptures. Don't be lazy. Learn to compare scriptures with scriptures. Genesis 4, let's take from verse 1. And Adam knew he, he, Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. Note here, now this is where the, their story began from. Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. Don't forget what Hebrews, Paul said in Hebrews, okay, that Abel brought a more excellent offering than Cain. So Cain was the one that brought first. What did Cain bring? He brought of the fruit of the ground. In Sunday school, we were taught years ago that Cain brought rotten purple, rotten mango, rotten yam. So God was angry. If you still have that understanding, then you need flogging. You need a serious flogging. Verse 4, And Abel, he also brought of the first lead of the flocks, all right, he brought of the first. So be noting the two difference in the whole thing is there now. Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. Simple. That was what the Bible said. But when he got to Abel's stone, he said he also brought of the firstling. That was the first thing. Number two, of his flocks. All right. Number one, it was firstling. Number two, he didn't bring fruit of the ground. He brought flocks. Number three, he and of the fat thereof. And what happened? And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. So now, if we are to dissect this scripture, it is simple. Cain brought, okay, it's time for Thanksgiving. Every church here, I think every church does end of year thanksgiving some even do mid-year thanksgiving some do early year thanksgiving so you just went to your farm or went to today everybody doesn't farm anymore everyone doesn't farm anymore so you just go to your farm you go to your workplace and you pick up um, whatever you can get let's take it to god and give god thanks God know that this year has been hard. So let's just bring something. And somebody else go to their shop. The person is in the same country with you, in the same business, knows that the year. Okay, let's use an example of what business does an example now. Somebody should give me an example. Business or job. Any, any. Give me an example. Let me borrow me your brain. Borrow me your brain. Any business or job. Okay, use that as an example. Nobody wants to borrow me. Mother care. Okay. It's like this person says mother care. Okay, now. Let's say mother care. I think mother care speaks of baby things. Okay, no problem. 
mother care food vendor okay uh, mother care two persons is block factory okay let's start with mother care two persons who do mother care business and it's time for end of year thanksgiving so business was so bad that there was no much sales all right or let's say there was sales anyone in any of the scenario but they were in the same business the same line and Sister Joy, I hope there's no joy online here for you. Now, I'm, I'm using you as an a bad example. Is there any joy? Okay, let me use an neutral alphabet. Sister A and Sister B. Sister A now came, now took some goose, um, um, what, 50 CDs because things are bad. The economy is tough. And that's what she thinks is good everybody knows the government is not nice brought it to church and dropped it for thanksgiving and the pastor prays and sister b in the same business the same line the same economy the same country the same region the same state the same everything looks around and say man things have been so bad though but all right we thank god and took takes goods what 500 Ghana cities from the same bad economy or good economy from the same business takes it to church and not just that not please let's take account of the pattern of Eber and she took of the best all right took of the best sister A just took stockings took things and sister B now realized ah, there's one um member in this church that i think pastor can give these things to or i don't want to use pastor's wife now some people will not say hey, pastor is not conversing for the wife as i don't want to use pastors i would have said pastor's wife because some people their brain their brain is very once it comes to church issue their brain have problem there's a, a choir member that just gave birth who is close to pastor so if i give this baby dress if i give this baby shoe if i give this baby cream and all that I think even if pastor will not use it, pastor can give it to that woman or whatever. They, they can sell it and give the money to that woman for something. And she take those things, took the best of it, took the first of it and took it to church. And when she came to, pastor prayed. Don't forget, pastor prayed for sister A. Sincerely, you are blessed. Ah, with this hard year, you still brought your thanksgiving. God will bless you. God will honor you. You will not lack. You will, she will say amen. She will go home. Sister B came. Pastor said, ah, Sister B, with all these things, you, ah, God will bless you. With all this hard economy, you still brought this much. God will bless you. God will honor you. That is pastor's own. But listen, what you, they just brought, they gave it to pastor. They dropped it in church, whether in pastor's house or on the altar. But listen, there is somebody behind the scene that is looking at them, which is God. God knows the heart of Sister A. God knows the heart of Sister B. God knows the bank account of Sister A. God knows the bank account of Sister B. Alright? So when the blessing begins to come, you don't get envious and say, ah, but we give now the economy. We all know. Look at, let me explain in an explicit word. This is not part of my example this morning. But so the first thing that happened there, this was the origin of first fruit in the Bible. All right, 
This was the origin of first fruit sacrifice in the Bible. Cain brought normal offering. All right. Abel brought what? Bible said the first lean. He made sure it was the first of its kind. Number two, he didn't bring from the ground. I've taught us why, and I'm going to show us again for those who were not there. All right. He brought of the first lean. So he respected the covenant of first fruits. Number two, he brought flocks. And the word flocks there, okay, we'll get there in a bit. Then he looked for the fat ones. He didn't just carry any flock and bring. All right. Possibly Cain did not bring rotten tomato, rotten pepper, rotten things. No. But Cain did not put these things, these things into consideration. Cain just, is he not offering for God? Beginning of the year, right? Oh yeah, let's go. Let's just give it to God and let's go ahead. But Abel was being considerate. And what happened next? He said that after they drop it, God had respect. People listen to me. The Bible has stated it clearly that God have no respect. God is not a respecter of persons. But from this scripture, you will agree with me that God respects offering. All right? God had respect unto Abel and to his offering. Verse 5, he said, but unto Cain and to his offering, he had no respect. He respected Abel's offering, but unto Cain and his offering, God had no respect. God checks the heart. Now, let me give us, for those who have not um, heard it before, let me tell you why, part of why God rejected Cain's offering. Don't forget the ground was cursed. All right, in the book of Genesis chapter 3, if you read from verse 17, the ground was cursed unto Adam because Adam disobeyed God. All right, so Cain grew up, started working on a cursed ground. You see the problem with firstborn? Hmm? Started working on a cursed ground. God have already cursed the ground, that the ground, the ground is cursed for your sake and all that. Can I get that scripture? So that we can be able to flow. Genesis chapter 3 verse 17. God said the ground is cursed for your sake. So he being the firstborn followed the pattern of a curse. Began to work on a, on a cursed ground. And he brought God harvest from a cursed ground. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of the wife and has eaten of the tree, of which I command thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. All right? So, Adam, me, God, have cursed the ground. So, Cain went and began to farm in the cursed ground and harvested fruit. When it was time to bring God first fruit, he went to bring, he didn't even look for the best now. He didn't try to be selective. He didn't look for the special ones. He just took it, brought of that same curse. Say, God, carry your curse back. But Abel did not become a farmer from the cursed ground. Abel became a farmer of livestock. And don't forget, Jesus has been stated to be, was stated as the lamb that was slain, all right? 
a lamb is a baby sheep. So what Abel was portraying is the sacrifice of Jesus yet to come. Okay? What Abel was portraying is the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. Bible said the lamb that was slain for the sins of the world. So Abel was portraying. That was the same thing Abraham did, offering his only son. He was giving an example of what Jesus would do, that God would give his only son that would die and all of it. All right? So Abel was portraying the sacrifice of Jesus. So God saw that, saw somebody who was walking. Everybody, please, I'm begging you. Please forgive me this morning. This morning, my teaching is not on sacrifice. It's not on giving. It's not on offering. It's not on first fruits. I don't even know. It's part of the scripture we're talking on. Okay? I don't know. These days now, you have to not be apologetic when you're talking about giving because the mindset is now strange. But listen, be prophetic in your giving. Are you following me? Please, I'm being serious. That's how the world, the generation we are in now, you need to now be some way in it. Hmm? That's how the world has now turned to. Uh, you have to now be apologetic in talking about giving so that they will not say that you are, you are looking for what to do. But listen, be prophetic in giving. What do I mean by being prophetic in giving? Find out what does God need. Are you following me? Every one of you, you are going to church today, particularly those of you who are going to a church that is still growing. When you get to church, look around. Look for what your church needs. Don't just give offering. Don't just give seeds. The only time you give seed in church is when your guest speaker, when guest speaker comes to do program, they prophesy, oh yeah, that's when you come. It's good though, but you don't get the best of it. You don't make God happy. I'm not saying God is not happy in that giving. God is happy when his church is being taken care of. Look around that church you are attending. Is the fan okay? Is the pulpit okay? Is the carpet fine? The windows, are they fine? The paint, is the paint still new or it needs to be repainted? You can paint the church. How much will it cost you? A bucket of paint should be like 200 cities now for the small bucket, if up to. You can buy five buckets, get a painter or get some boys in church, bet, call them together, say, this Saturday or this Friday, let's paint the church before Sunday. I do that even before I became a pastor. I was never having money. I would call some guys who I know they have money in church while I was in Accra. I said, come, this is our church is too dirty. Before um, daddy will come to church, as church closes, let's buy the paint. As church closes, let's start painting. Before he comes Monday morning, let him find us painting. So we'll do that. We'll buy paint. Before he comes on Monday, he will see the church is painted. Who did this? Who did that? Oh, some people. No, I want to know who. who so, don't worry, sir. Some people. Oh, God bless them. You see the man. The Listen. Listen, I'm saying this on behalf of pastors. If you know how difficult ministry is, you would not want your pastor to be stressed. It got, I, I followed up till I monitor when food finished in my pastor's house. I will ask them, is there still rice? My pastor is a Nigerian. He doesn't eat Ghana rice. He eats Nigerian rice. I will ask them, is there still rice in the house? What John they have? Okay, I will send money to somebody who can assess the house. Buy the food. Go put it there. Don't tell them it's from me. All right? Be prophetic in your giving. Be prophetic in the sense of 
know what God and God, what God and God's house, particularly church, man of God is fine, okay? But particularly your church, what does church need? What does God need at this time? What is God putting? I know you feel like giving. What is God saying? You can feel like giving offering. God say no, don't give offering. Rather go and buy microphone for the church. Are you getting me? You don't use your tithe for that. No, God will not tell you to use your tithe to buy a microphone. No, it's not by Blicker. I'm telling you the truth. God will not tell you to use your first fruit to go and buy. No, no, no. It's not in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. If that is what you sell, let's say you sell a microphone and it is January, you want to do first fruit and you choose to do microphone, Two things. You have to give out of your cash profit first. That if you now choose to add that as extra, it's understandable. But that you want to now convert the cash because you don't want to give cash. Let me give property. It's not done. I'm being sincere to you now. From all, from the depth of my heart, that is how it is. All right? Okay, let me leave this topic. I'm, I'm not feeling comfortable about it anymore. So, be prophetic about your giving. Abel was able to view into the future and see what is to come and gave the sacrifice of blood. All right? Gave the sacrifice of blood. One of the most expensive currency in the realms of the spirit have told us is blood. Blood is very expensive. Even in the demonic kingdom, blood is very expensive. So God had regard for the sacrifice of. So, what is the faith here now? Don't forget where we are coming from. Don't be lost. Don't get distracted. Are you following me, please? Everyone, are you following me? Or you have left me alone because I just mentioned sacrifice. Alright. So now, let's compare back to the first scripture we read in the book of Hebrews. It said, by faith, Abel gave a more excellent, not just a good one, a more excellent offering. So now, if we are to come back to Abel's offering, what made it excellent? Somebody should help me out. What, what is the faith? Not excellent now. Let's forget excellent. What is the faith in Abel's offering? I've given a hint. What is the faith in Abel's offering? Help me out. His heart. Okay. What was in his heart? He gave the best. Okay. That's beautiful. He gave the best. Okay. To please God. Awesome. He brought the best. Okay. The first fruit. Okay. He was not complacent, awesome, the first awesome. So, to do the will of God, beautiful. Reverence, awesome. So, you see that Cain, Eberada, was, he gave it all from his will, awesome. Knowledge, beautiful. Thank you all for your contribution. Eber, considered who he was dealing with, first of all. 
a cheerful giving. Awesome. Abel considered who he was dealing with, that he was dealing with God, not his father, not his brother. All right? And all the three factors or the three elements in his giving, you could see somebody giving from, how do I put it? Somebody who was giving from somewhere, from, from substance. What he was giving wasn't just, let's just do it. Okay? Firstling. Okay? Number two was um, livestock. Number three was fat. Okay? So you could see the faith. Faith shows, I told us faith is action. Faith is revealed in the things you do. I have faith, I have faith, I have faith, I have faith, I have faith. No, your faith is shown in what you do. Okay? Your faith is shown in what you do. Listen, you don't really know how much you trust God. Let's see, let me give an example now. Um, you have, today is what? Okay, let's say salary comes on the 24th. I don't know when salary comes. I'm assuming salary comes on the 24th. And on the 20th or 20, uh, salary comes on 12th, really. Okay. Um, I'm just assuming salary comes 24th. And on the 20th, you have, um, let's say, a thousand Ghana cities in your bank account and you carry all the money and you go to church and you cry to God. Say, God, I'm giving you my all. Father, I'm giving you my all. God, you know my heart. Maybe a man of God thought about giving God your all, trusting God with everything. God, I'm trusting you. But deep down your heart, the reason why you are giving God that all that 1,000 is that four days from now, Anakofado, um, what do they call it? Is it controller general? We give me bank a lot. Why? That is where your heart is. Or your uncle has promised you money. Or your auntie has promised you money. Or somebody is owing you that you can just call the person anytime to withdraw the money. So you see, that is not fit. All right? That is not fit. You have alternative. Okay? You can still give that in faith. I'm not saying faith means when everything is finished, you have to be suffering. No, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying in this context, you are not being sincere to yourself. You can, out of that 1,000, you can give 200 cities in faith, trusting God. Okay? Father, I'm giving you this money. I'm trusting you for provision. I'm trusting you for healing. I'm trusting you for this. Okay? Are you getting it? Listen, we're just using giving as an example because of Abel, all right? Faith is not all tied around giving. Neither does giving bring all your solution. No, that's not what it is. Faith is simply trusting God. Anything that will make you trust God, that is faith. Anything that will make you trust God, that is faith. So, Abel's faith was revealed in the context of what he offered. 
all right in the context of what is what he offered so why did abel die despite he had faith and god accepted his offering why did abel die can somebody tell me Why did Abel die? Because Abel died a premature death. He died untimely. Why did Abel die, you? His brother killed him. Okay, we know. Why did he die? I believe, have you ever given and God protected you? I have. I don't know about you. Or do you believe God can protect you by giving? So why did Abel not die despite he gave first, despite he gave flock, Despite he gave the fattest. Eber died out of ignorance. All right. Eber died. God did not allow it to. No, 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 no. Abel died out of ignorance. Now, if you have given your first fruit, some of you have, does not mean when you go to bed, you should not lock your door. That's not fatal. Uh -huh. You have given your first fruit does not mean you enter a car, you saw the driver drunk. You saw the driver drunk. Those days, um, there were actually no contest of prayer in those days. There were actually no contest of prayer in that dispensation. Their kind of work with God, you just wake up, God, God is just there and come and go and all that. All right? There was no knowledge of evil. That was the first murder in the Bible. All right? The first time somebody died, that was it. Okay? Ignorance was the problem. I'm sure Adam never knew somebody could die. Yeah. Abel also, I think, never knew he could die. All right? So Satan just took advantage of that scene and showed himself. There was no record of death before then. You know, Adam lived alone. Adam was alone with the wife, all the animals. No animal ever died. No animal died all, all while Adam was there. No animal died, nothing. Everybody was okay and fine. Gave birth to the children. They never felt pain. There was no pain, no death, nothing. The first time Adam saw pain, the first time Adam saw death was when his son died. All right? Yeah. So it was ignorance that brought about Abel's death. So, don't die a death of ignorance. Protect your, your life. Hmm? 
I think I was watching a video a few days ago. A father Apostleman was stating while he was shot by assassins last time, he was the one driving his own car. He was the one driving his own car and he was the one that knocked down one of the assassins that was killed by police. The guy was standing in front of his car shooting with AK-47. He knocked the guy down. I would have done same. I wouldn't have only knocked him down. I would knock him down and climb him with my tire. Because this life is simple. One person has to die inside two of us. And it's not me that is ready to die. I am more useful than you. I will knock you down, make sure my tire climb you, then we continue the story another day. Now who die alive, they go caught. Alright? So don't be ignorant. Oh, God knows. No, no, no. Protect your life at all costs. Please, don't be stupid. That's not Christianity. Leaving somebody to kill you, that's a, I'm a Christian. God knows, an armed robber came to your house or met you on the road with a gun on your head and he made a mistake or he tried to shoot you, there was no bullet and you have a means to finish that person. You now say, oh, for God so loved the world. Charlie, it will be called to glory. To be called to glory. Hmm? Save yourself first and explain later. Who understand okay i'm sorry for digressing i know some people don't like that topic now ah pastor are you the one saying this don't worry if you die i don't attend funeral that's the only thing i don't attend funeral so better stay alive okay yes we said faith paul said uh for the good fight of faith faith is for fighting so if you say you have faith you should be a fighter, a rugged person. All right, now, that is the example of Abel. Powerful. So let's go back to Hebrews 11. Is somebody enjoying this class this morning? Don't mind my lazy teaching today. Next week, we should be back fully, 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 fully. I want to take another account I want to take another account of faith. Another account of faith. Let's go to same Hebrews seven, Hebrews eleven. Let's take six and seven. I wanted to actually deal with um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego today. Some other time maybe we will deal with it. Hebrews eleven six seven. But without faith, it is impossible to please God, to please Him. Okay, so it's talking about God now. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. So you can't please God without faith. Anytime you are doubting, anytime you are doubting, you are not making God happy. The only way to make God happy is not your offering. All right? What makes God happy is not your offering. Is your offering in faith. What makes God happy is not your prayer. Is your prayer in faith. What makes God happy is not your dancing. Is your dancing in faith. What makes God happy is not reading your Bible. Is reading and believing what you read in the Bible. 
What makes God happy is not that you are going to church this morning. So forget it. Forget it. Some of you now you are ready for church. Some are getting ready. Some of you are already in church. You are at the gate of your church. That doesn't make God happy. If you are not doing it in faith, God is not happy. If you read the book of Romans, say whatsoever that is not of faith is sin. All right? So that church you go to, you wake up and you go grudgingly. Ah, today, self, I don't feel like going to church. God is not happy. Uh, okay, pastor, that's nice. So since I'm not happy today, so that um, I will not make God happy, let me not go. It's a lie. Change your mood, go to church. Uh, that's how it works. Change your mood and go to church. All right? So don't go, do everything in faith. Why didn't you go to church? I'm not in the mood. Which mood? My friend, mood yourself inside the mood. Change the mood. How do you change your mood? By singing worship singing hymn, reading scriptures, look for scriptures that uplift your soul, praying in tongues, making declarations, just give a shout of joy. Look for, remember something good God have done for you. Hold on to it, rejoice, and go to church. All right? Don't do, if you are part of those that do that, please change. Just wake up. I don't feel like going to church. Stay in the house. Please. It's a very devilish character. I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm telling you the truth. I just, I just don't feel like going to church. What's the reason? Nothing. No reason. It's not a Christian character at all. I'm being sincere with you. It's not a Christian character at all. It's not. It's not. My mood, eh, I'm just sad. I'm just, there's a demon controlling you. Cast it out. You devil, out of my body. I'm going to church. Go to church and give God praise that he deserves. So without faith, he said it is impossible to please him for he that cometh to God. So anyway you are coming, you are coming to God in church, you're coming to God where this, that, that. He that cometh to God must believe that God is. The word, the first is there means that God exists. Okay? He that cometh to God must believe that God is. That means God is there. God exists. All right? Anybody coming to God, you must first believe that God. If you don't believe, why are you coming? I don't even know if God exists too. I don't even understand. But I believe God. No, believe that God is first. And believe that he is a rewarder. So the God that exists, he rewards. He rewards. Who does he reward? Those that diligently seek him. Listen, there is a reward for following God. I don't know how your Christian journey has been. How tough it has been. Your marriage has failed in the course of you um, going serving God. Church was, was not a problem. God was not a problem. Something has happened. Oh, where was God? Where my fi my finance failed? Where was God when I lost my mother? God is not a, never the problem. All right, understand that. Stop stop serving God, judging Him. That's not a good Christian attribute. Stop serving God, judging Him. Stop it. Here was God. My mother was sick. I pray, pray, pray. God could not heal her. I pray, pray, pray. Who told you God could? All the people got healed in the Bible. What happened, what happened to them? Do you think it was a movie? All the healing that goes around the world, what happened to them? In the course of our teaching, as time goes on, I'm going to talk to us how to accept certain things as believers. All right? There are times things won't go as planned. There are times you will be faced with difficult times. Jesus said in this word, you will go through tribulations. All right? There are times you will pray for healing. The healing didn't come. 
you have to accept it and there is a way to accept it and there is a way to defend unbelievers who will be laughing at you i thought you said you were praying that uh, uh, you will get the admission did you get it now ah, ka, 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 ka. me that slept with the letter i've gotten the admission there's a way to defend god in that situation you defend god not God. God, you see now, you wish I know, I would have done it. You are not a Christian. I'm being serious with you now. You are not a Christian. You should defend God and rejoice. Yes. Well, you pray, 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 pray. And that your mother should not die. Say she died now. When you would have just, uh, um, just do this. There's a way to defend God in that situation. All right? You are not actually defending God. It's just a contest. You are defending your own faith. So that you can still keep believing in God. Because the moment you can't create that defense, very soon you will begin to doubt. So if God could not give me this admission, if God could not save my auntie, if God could not save my mother, that means the day me too will be in this condition. That means me too, I will not be saved. You will start, Satan will start putting ideas in your head, putting ideas in your, as I am now. There's nothing, nothing, nothing will happen that will make me say God is not real. I don't care what it is. Nothing, nothing, nothing ever will happen that will make me say, ah, God is fake. God does not exist. I've tested him. Ah, I've tested him. I've seen him walk. I've, see, I've seen him walk. I've seen him walk. God is real. God is real. There are times we go through tough times. We go through hard times. But please, learn to stand for what you believe. All right? If Islams could die for a fake God, then why can't we go through pain for the I am that I am? We should, this is a, this is a part of Christianity believers need to also understand. And what helps you go through that season is faith, faith, faith. Somebody type faith, faith, faith. Let me see those who are still following me or those who have slept off the way. Type faith, faith. Faith, 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 faith. All right. Thank you for hanging on. Or rounding up in a bit. Or rounding up in a bit. We have just 30 minutes left. Okay. So it said for he that come to God must believe that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So God does not reward everybody that seek him. Your seeking must be on the platform of diligence. Okay, so note that. Oh, I've been following God. Somebody sent me a message <laughs> yesterday, yesterday, and said how he's about to do some, take some decisions. He has been paying his tithe. After he pay his tithe, he struggle at the end of the month. I just told him, okay, another word, just do what you want to do. But a lot of I said, okay, this person might be discouraged that he needs counsel or needs encouragement. So I have to tell, give him some notes and some message. I said, your tithe is not what makes you prosper or what makes your business prosper. And maybe you are here, you are in similar situation. You are about um, complaining about your tithing. You are about complaining about working with God. Since you have been going to church, nothing has changed. There's no way to listen in the Bible that going to church is to change your life. If you, have, if you find it in your Bible, bring it for me. I will let you know. We will talk about it. All right? Going to church is to serve God. Okay? What church is for is for transformation of your soul. All right? 
changing your life is an extra benefit of serving God. Did you hear what I said? Going to church is not what changed your financial situation. Going to church is not what changed your career. Going to church is not what makes you get married. Stop this Christianity of leverage. If I go to church, God will give me a husband. If I go to church, stop that nonsense. If I give offering, God will give me visa. If I give, it's a very stupid way to follow God. I'm sorry for that if that word didn't come right. Very nonsense way. Wrong, very wrong approach to God. And this is a lot of us are running from church to church because you feel your church now. Yeah, I understand there are churches where the power of God is not available to help people. I understand that aspect. Not because the power is not available. Maybe the leader or whatsoever is not able to distribute the power or manifest the power the right way. But going to church, the first assignment of the church is for salvation of soul, helping you to grow in the things of God, not to grow in finance, not to grow in marriage. Any church doing marriage teaching is doing that extra to support the members so that they can have good marriage and happy family in the church. Any church doing financial teaching is to help the members grow financially, so to help themselves, to be able to manage their, because some people, all they know is prayer. They don't know how to manage their business. So all they know is I want to get married. They don't know how to manage marriage. So those things, they are not part of what God promised us in salvation. You must get this right. God called you to follow him, not to come so that we give you marriage. Not to come so that we give you. No, that's not what he promised you. So those things are extra. So don't go to church after six months. You are not getting money. You are not getting married. You want to stop church. You after praying this thing, you are not getting. No, there are things before you entered into that point where you are having marital challenges or financial challenges. There are things that you did or your family did. This is where pattern comes in or individual dealing that you did. There were choices you made that brought into that financial difficulties. There are choices uh, you didn't make well or something. So understand that trace your way back to where you missed it. Fill it up and amend things so that you serve God joyfully. Because a lot of us now, your service to God is bitter. And God is not the problem. Am I making sense at all? A lot of you are serving God very bitter, very bitter. Some of us didn't go to school and we should go to school. Some of us went to school and we didn't make the right choice of job. Some of us made the right choice of job, but we didn't make right the wise financial decisions. Some of us made the wise financial decision. You didn't make the right decision on who to get married to. Some of us did that, but you, you couldn't discern the right house to live in. So the demonic house began to rob you. A lot of factors got involved in what made you got into the problem you are in. That should not affect your service to God. Church first is to grow your faith. All right? Grow you in loving God. Grow in fellowship. So out of you loving God so much, out of you following God so much, you now receive the Holy Ghost. You now receive spiritual wisdom. You now receive insight. You receive power and authority to be able to affect your finance, affect your marriage, and all that things. Make the right choice. This is, how, this is the stable ground of Christianity. It's not for um, this thing. Solution. It's not for. It's not a solution service. No, that's not what it is. I think a, a Ghanaian policeman told me years ago, so somebody was owing me money. In fact, he, he actually defrauded us. We caught him and arrested him. And we said they should prosecute the guy immediately. 
The man told me, he said, I'm sorry, Ghana police is called Ghana Police Service. So we are only here to service you and the accused. I'm like, what do you mean? We have all the proof. He said, he knows. This case has to wait. After three days, he has to be released. Then if you want, charge it to court and all that. I was mad. I said, my country would have said Nigeria is called Nigeria Police Force. That's why everything is force, 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 force. That made a statement to me. It sounded funny, but it was real. Service and force, it's not the same thing. Nigeria, we can arrest you now, today, today. Arrest you today, beat you today, charge you to court the next day. We don't have time. In fact, we don't have to charge you to court. Nigeria, you don't arrest somebody more than two or three days, but we can arrest you for, for one year. We won't charge you to court. We will keep you there. We will still be beating you every day. It's force. <laughs> It's false. But I say it's service. And I was angry they, they released the guy. The guy was still doing booga for me. I was pained. I said, I wish I can export this guy to Nigeria. Let me beat him with some policemen or some thug. Beat him very well and collect my money. So you need to understand how this thing works. All right? Please, stop, stop serving God bitter. Some of you have woken up Sunday morning now. You are not happy going to church because of your financial situation. That shouldn't be the first reason to go to church. All right? A lot of us have little or no financial knowledge. A lot of us. So the church is not your problem. The pastor is not your problem. So because of that, now you feel that even your paying tithe is a loss. You feel like even giving first fruit is a loss. You feel like even giving offering is a loss. You go to church now, a brother comes to ask you for transport. In your mind, if I slap you, you feel like a problem. But... The first issue is that you have little or no financial knowledge. The church is not a problem. So you now need to get a financial knowledge outside the church. If your church is privileged to give you that information, awesome. That is not the pastor's duty. It's not the church's duty to do marriage this, to do this. To... No, it's not. It's not. Please understand this and you should serve God well, joyful and better. All right? So I expect every one of us to be able to take a financial course. You will get financial courses online. To go to YouTube, check it. Free financial course, financial education, money education. You will get. There are schools that charge money for it. Even me, I can come, I can charge you money for it. This one is not Bible. I can charge you money. Me and Sister Chidibiri. Sister Chidibiri. She will cast financial course now. Sachi Deberi, talk now. Let's see if we can start to. Let's start financial course. I'll add the richer. Both of them are bankers. So I will not add my own. If you will pay us, we'll organize financial course for you. We'll not bring. I'll be the principal. Uh, Sachi Deberi will be the assistant principal. Sister Richard uh, will be. What will she be in Accra? Treasurer. No, me, I'll still be the treasurer. So I'll be holding the money. We will not do a uh, head course for you. Sisika will be uh, one of part of it. I'm just joking. But it's true, all right? You need to get financial education. There are materials out there. A lot of you don't read books. You, don't, you are making a lot of financial blunder. Yesterday, I was doing a study why the Jewish are part of the richest people. Out of the world, 400 richest people in the world, 100 are Jewish. That's something. Out of the 400 richest people in the world, 100 are Jewish men. While I began to make research, 
I discovered that Jewish, they go to school. They don't live by chance. They, they go to school, number one. Number two, they start teaching their children financial literacy from a very tender age. From a very tender age, start teaching them money. Number three, they don't joke with their Jewish cultures in finances, tithing, and the rest of it. They believe in helping the poor. They don't joke with it. Most of the companies you hear of the world, in the world, the biggest, richest companies are owned by Jewish men. Both food franchise, banking sector, health sector, they are owned by Jewish men. And they have created the pattern that they pass it on to generation. But Africa, we don't have generational mindset. That's the problem. We only do things. A lot of you now, everything you are doing now is for you to survive. Your child is not in the picture. Everything you are doing now is for you to survive. None of your children is in the picture. None of them. None of them. And what you're going to do is that you're going to leave, you exit this world. If Jesus started, your child will now come because nobody dropped the line. And if your child is not privy to such information to also create a transgenerational wealth, your child will now survive for only himself or herself and dies, leave it for the other child like that dies. So we keep breaking legacy. We keep, there's no continuity. There's no culture. Coca-Cola is owned by a family. One family, one family owns Coca-Cola. One family. Every other spread out you are seeing are shareholders. The Coca-Cola, the product, how they miss Coke, what they used to miss Coke, only one family knows it. And it's a Jewish family. Only them know the mixture. They don't sell it out. You, you can't buy it. You can buy share from Coke. They can distribute to you. They can You can open a branch. You can open a refinery in your country, all of them. But the actual things they will use to mix it will come from that family alone. They don't employ outsiders in the inner caucus. Only family members are employed. So if you are able to marry a family member into that family, you enter a oath. Once you are a, a man, a woman, you marry into that family, you have to enter a covenant that this marriage you are entering into, you will be privileged to know what the recipe is that makes us rich. But the day you reveal it, this and this is going to be done to you. So it's a family secret and they are rich from generation to generation, generation to generation, generation to... And you wonder why they are different. And this is what they are... Let me leave that topic. Let's come back to what we are talking about. So please, go for financial education. Go for health education. Go for all of the things that follow. So your life can be balanced. Stop living life by chance. You are not poor. The problem is that your brain is not rich. Let me repeat. You are not poor. The problem is that your brain is not rich. Yes. I just spoke about how people are making money through Facebook this morning. Some of you were shocked. The kind of money those guys are making. Go and Google it. Check the highest blogger in Ghana. Okay, do this now after this meeting. Go to Google. Check the top blogger in Ghana or the highest TikToker in Ghana. Then check how much are they being paid. And you wonder why they misbehave online. All they do is to get views. And people have now discovered that people 
want to watch more of naked things. Which that is not the only content to dish out. So every video has a naked woman. Every video has a man talking nonsense. Every video has... But there are people who are still giving out values. And they are making a hell of money. Let's open our brain. Let's open our brain. We are praying, I know. But we are not smart. I'm sorry. We are not smart. We are praying. We are not smart. We are not. We are not. Please, I beg you. Don't be dull passing your life. I've said it before. I'm, saying, I'm going to say it again. I think I will share a post regarding to this today on the platform. Do with it whatever you like. I'll be sharing some information little, little. Whatever you like, do with it. Every aspect of your career now has an IT part of it. If you are a writer, there is now a tech part of writing. You are a medical practitioner, there's now a tech part of medicine. If you know a Aproco doctor, a Aproco doctor is practicing a tech part of medicine by giving health tips online. You think tech is carrying screwdriver and carrying this thing. No, it's all about using the internet. Using tech means technology, not mechanic. Eh? Please, let's research now, please. Please. I'm begging you. There's a tech pack of part of food now. Go go to YouTube. You will see people. Some of you go to YouTube. You download food recipe. How to make this food. How to make this food. Check the views. Let me shock you. Check the views on that food video you watch. Check the views. Then go to Google. Check how much does Google pay for 1 million views. Go check it. In fact, you can Google it now and give us answer. You can Google it now. How much does you you youtube pay for one million views how much does youtube pay for hundred thousand views does it take automatic one day no but they started one day you have not even started at all so where is the faith don't forget faith is the substance of things hoped for so you start now with the hope of getting somewhere it's not only facebook it's not only youtube it's not only tiktok it was yesterday i realized have you ever called someone and they tell you that the call you are making is being recorded for social so, so purposes. Yesterday, I realized that there is a company, Africa, our government, they are killing us. There is a company that pays people to review those calls. I was shocked. All right, you get registered, but it doesn't work for most Africans. It works for those who are outside the country. They pay you for reviewing such calls. So you get registered and put in your PayPal account. So you listen to the call, you will transcribe it. So you will not type all the call. If it's 30 minutes call, type it, you submit it. So by the time they check it, you are right. They, they, they pay you for a certain amount of it and all that. Okay. So 2000 to 1000 Okay. 2000 to $15,000 for million views on YouTube. That's what those guys are getting. And some of you here listening to me, you are, you are so intelligent. You are so smart in what you do. You are so brilliant in what you do. When you give people advice, they, their life change. And there are millions of people out there all over the world who needs your advice, who needs your brain just for creating content on YouTube. Now, social media has been created in a way that your face must not show. There's an app called Vimeo and the rest of them that you can make a cartoon video or just make a computer voice with just typing. Your face doesn't need to show. You do it, 
put it out online there. You put it out online there. And people still get the, the value they want to get. And you get your thing as time goes on. And you rest. And, all right, we're still talking about faith. So without faith, it is impossible to please God. All right? Those that come to God must come believing that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Verse 7 said that by faith, Noah being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear. The word fear there is not panic. Okay? The word fear there is not panic. The word fear there is reverence, honor. All right? Like somebody saying, um, I respect you so much. Okay? Respect. When you respect someone, it's a system of fear of not doing what will hurt the person because you respect the person. Are you getting the contest? So it's not like fear, hey, panico, hey, no, 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 no. It was respect, it was reverence, it was honor. All right? So Noah was moved with respect. Noah was moved with honor. Okay? He prepared an ark to saving of his house by the which he condemned the world and became heir of righteousness, which is by faith. So Noah was counted to become a righteous man by faith. What did he do? God said, Noah, I want to destroy the world. God, Noah did not see God. Noah only had a voice. Maybe it was even a dream. Okay? Bible did not give us a contest that God spoke to Noah about. Maybe it was a dream. Maybe it was a vision. Maybe he spoke to him prophetically, whatever, a trance, whatever. But Noah heard God and said, I want to destroy the world. Build an ark. He gave him the details. Do it this way. Do it this way. Do it this way. And Noah woke up because he trusted that God is the one that said it. He went ahead and did it. So for that, he believed God. He trusted God. That was faith. And at the end, God said, this man from today is a righteous man for believing in me. So you see, how did the Old Testament... Don't, if you were online yesterday, I spoke to us about salvation. That you cannot say you are born again if you don't believe in Jesus. Do you remember? How many of you remember? How many of you remember? I gave us John 3, 16. I gave us Romans 10. You can't say you are born again until you believe in Jesus. All right. So now, how did the Old Testament people get born again since Jesus was not physically available then or had died then? They got born again by believing God's instructions. Jesus is also God's instruction to us. Okay? Abraham got born again. If you read the next verse, it showed us how Abraham got born again. God told him, leave his father's house. He left. God told him, um, kill your child. He agreed. God told him, do this. God said, okay, from now, you are born again. So those days, that was the requirement, believing God. In our own days, believing Jesus. So God now put everything inside Jesus. Believe him to get born again. So understand this, that faith is a powerful tool. It's very powerful. What I just said right now, I know some persons out of faith, 
faith in me, I'm not saying I'm God, understand that faith is not just a spiritual word. You can say I have faith in my father. Are you getting me? So that you will not think I'm now trying to become a deity. You can say I have faith in my father. I have faith in my girlfriend. I have faith in my wife. Okay? So faith in me and what I said, some people are going to take step now and go and do research on the things I just spoke about and start doing something with it. Because why? They have faith in me and they trust my information and they went there, checked it, and they were able to validate it and it begins to work for them. Why some will just say, oh, I don't believe it. Some will say, it's not for me. Some will say, I already have a job. Different kind. That does not mean if you didn't do it, something is wrong with you. No, that's not what I'm saying. We're just talking about the context of faith. The sign that you believe, the sign that you have faith is that you take a step towards something. All right? If I say I believe God, something has to show that I believe him. So if you're telling me that you have faith, you need to show me. I think Paul gave, okay, James is the one that gave that. Um, let me find that scripture for you. James is the one that gave that um, explanation. The book of James, help me, Holy Spirit. Is that James chapter 2? Isotovasis, Kedifrahasis. You've done so much for me. Cannot tell it all. Okay, James chapter 2. Let's start from verse 14. Yes. Fourteen. Our time is already out. We have five minutes left. So let's do it quick. James chapter 2 from verse 14. We're rounding up in five minutes. What is it? Okay. What does... Oh God, who will I follow? What doth each profit, my brethren, though a man said he had faith and have no works? Are you seeing it now? See, if I tell me you have faith, there should be an action. Alright? If you are trusting God for a job, you say you have faith. Go and apply. You can't sit in your house. I have faith, I have faith, I have faith. You are not applying for a job. No, it doesn't work. Okay? It doesn't work. You are not feeling fine. You're having health crisis. And you have needs to take drugs. I have faith. I have faith. If your level of faith can carry you without taking drugs, that's fine. Taking drugs does not kill your faith. Okay? You're about to travel. You know your car is in a good shape. Driving that car should not also stop your feet for safe journey. You must understand. So Noah having faith that God can save him, what did he do? He went to work. He built an ark. Alright? Savings. This is where a lot of believers get it wrong. Even pastors. Saving money is not lack of faith. Savings is part of faith. Alright? 
Learn to save. Learn it. Learn to save. As you give, save. As you give, save. What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he had faith and have not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or a sister be naked, okay, see now, it's now giving us an example. Mr. Solomon, repost your own for me. Mr. Solomon, repost your version for me. Quick, 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 let's go. Or anybody who have the last scripture we're reading. James 2, 14. Okay, everyone look at this now. If a brother or a sister be naked and destitute of daily food, see now, he brought it down to daily food. The person is hungry. And one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding. Ye give them not those things which they are needful to the body. What doth it profit? So he said, you have not practiced faith now. Okay? You have not practiced faith. If a brother is hungry, a sister is hungry, and they came to you, and you, it's not that somebody looking for greed. Somebody is hungry. This is a very serious issue. And the person is in need. You don't tell them, oh, the peace of the Lord be with you. I pray for you. God will supply. He said that thing that they need, if the one you have, give them first. Then you can now pray for them to go and trust God to do the bigger one. Say so that is faith, first of all. That is faith. Let's go from verse 17 now. I think 17 states, faith without work is dead. Even so, faith, if it had not works, is dead. So your faith can die. Your faith can die. Why? Because you are not taking steps. So I can give you a valid prophecy right now. God is going to make you this. God is going to give you this. And you are not taking steps of faith to keep that word alive. It can die and it will not come to pass. So what you will say is, I thought the man of God said, I thought the man of God said. And this is one of the reasons why sometimes we give prophetic directions or instructions. I didn't say that. I said one of the reasons why we give directions or instructions so that it can help keep your faith alive and trigger that thing you are trusting God for. Because some of you, if you are giving just a word to hold on to it, you don't. You just leave it. Oh, it will happen. Eh? Uh, they said I will travel abroad. Uh, they said I will get married. Uh, let's be seen. So we'll give you fasting for five days. We'll give you fasting. We'll give you prayer. I don't. I didn't say that is the only reason. Don't forget. I said one of the reasons. All right. There are times you could give give you fasting, seeing that there are demonic activities that will hinder that prophetic word that have been given to you. All right. So you say faith without works is going to die. It's going to die being alone faith does not have to be alone faith has to be coupled with actions instructions so that it will produce results yea a man may say thou hast faith and i have works all right so two men now came out one said i have faith and the other one said i have works so james is saying show me your faith without works and I will show you my faith with works. Let's see who has more, a better testimony now. Sure, you say you have faith, and yet you didn't take any step. You say you have faith. When they were planting maize, you did not plant maize. 
I have faith. I went to plant maize. Now it's time of harvest. You are complaining that there's no harvest. Me that took the step to plant. Look at my harvest now. So Paul, James, sorry, why am I saying Paul with James? James is now saying that you can make your life so fruitful by adding works to your faith. So faith is not for lazy people. Faith is for people that take actions. Faith is for people that take obedience. Faith is for those who calculatively, strategically. Please, don't let anybody deceive you. Don't blindly, ignorantly spend your money anyhow in the name of faith. Borrow money for people in the name of faith. God will pay it. Somebody was telling me how she borrowed money for people in thousands, 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 thousands. Now she's in debt and the people are not paying. That's not faith. That's lack of wisdom. All right? Even Bible does not advise you borrowing money. Bible says don't be a shorty for a stranger. Even your friend, Crimea, will not advise. So please, let's live a life of wisdom. Bible has given provision. Say, thou believer that there is one God, thou doest well. Okay? So if you say you have faith, you have done well. Let's read that last scripture. It's very funny. Please let me repost it. Let's take that last verse and I'm done. Repose the last 19 for me. No, don't go to 20. Start from 19 for me. I think I would like this NLT. Give me KJV, we'll come to NLT. All right, look at the last part. Um, Emanuela, you give me your your version from 19, 2022. 20, now, we're taking this one now. The last one on your screen, the last part of it, last paragraph of it. Is it no, the last part of it. Thou believest that there is one God. Thou doest well. So he said, if you have faith, you believe that there is God, you have done well. He said, listen, the devil also believes and trembles. So it's not enough to have faith. Even Satan believes there is God. Emmanuel, let me get your NLT now from verse 19. So are you seeing the devil also believes that there is God? He knows. You say you have faith for you, for you believe there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Don't you remember that? Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his action when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? So listen, you need to understand how the things of the spirit work. Your steps, your steps, your actions matter a lot. You see his faith and his actions worked together. His actions made his faith complete. Who? I think this have put a cap on the whole issue. His faith made his action, his actions rather, made his faith complete. Are you listening to me now? Still trusting God for a job? Go and apply. That is what makes your faith complete. Are you listening to me now? Trusting God for marriage? Get a point of contact for your wedding. That is what makes your faith complete. You are listening to me. You, are, you already have a man to marry or a woman to marry. Fix a date. That is what makes your faith complete. Trusting God for a baby. Go get a baby cloth. That is what makes your faith complete. Trusting God for a car. Go and price that car now. 
go this week, go check the car out online, go to the car mat or call them on phone, price the car. Trusting God to own a house, go price the house, go price the land. That is what makes your faith complete. Without action, you say your faith is dead. So stop killing your faith. So when you kill it, you will need to do a lot of work to revive it. You kill it, you need to do a lot of work to revive it. And you are not helping yourself. Abraham made his faith complete by taking Isaac to the altar. So that was the moment God knew that, ah, Abraham has faith. May God give us understanding in the name of Jesus. May God give us understanding in the name of Jesus. I want us to pray just for one moment. The Father, help me to trust you. Help me to trust you. If you are listening to me, this is why if you live, if you live in laziness and procrastination, you are an enemy of faith. Procrastination is an enemy of faith. Oh, I will do it. Oh, I will do it. Oh, I will do it. Please, there are things, habits you should change to help yourself progress. A lot of you would have been far more than where you are now, but procrastination have robbed two years out of your life. And you keep giving excuses. A lot of you would have been far more than where you are now. Procrastination have robbed five years, ten years out of your life. Laziness have robbed two years. Please, wake up. Wake up. Start that thing now. Start that business now. Start that school now. Apply for that job now. Start that marriage plan now. Start now. Start now. Start now. We're going to pray. Father, grant me the grace to trust you and the grace to be proactive. To be proactive in decision making. Go ahead and pray right now. Go ahead and pray. Go ahead and pray. I come against every kind of procrastination. I come against the spirit of laziness. Some of you, the attack your foundation have on you is laziness, nothing else. And you know, you know, and you accept it, you feel okay with it. Some of you, the attack your family ought to have on you is procrastination. And you know, you know, you know, you know. Come on, pray down. Father, help me to trust you. Help me. I want to put all my faith in you. This year, 2023, the year is just starting. I want to trust you like never before. I want to take unusual steps by trusting you. By the name of Jesus, I want to take massive quantum leaps. I want to do things that are unusual in my life. I want to start that building project. I want to start that visa process. I want to start that um, school. I want to start that job. I want to start that, that marriage plan. Lord, by I trust you. I don't have the money now, but I know. I know you will make it come to pass. Lord, help my faith, Lord. Help my faith, Lord. Help me. And Father, take away from me procrastination. Take laziness away from me. Take discouragement away from me. Make me proactive in the spirit. Make my flesh proactive. What makes me struggle to wake up in the morning? That's what procrastination does to you. Procrastination, discouragement, laziness makes you, you don't have reason to wake up in the morning. It's a very bad spirit. Nothing excites you in the morning to wake up. Father, I come against it. What makes me struggle to go to church? What makes me don't feel like going to church? What makes me get lazy to go to church? Lord, take it out of me right now. Come on, pray. Pray 30 seconds more. Go ahead and pray. Go ahead and pray. Help us, Lord. 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 Help us, help us, help us. Help us, my Father. Help us. Help us to have a better life. 
Help us to become a better person. Help us, mighty Father. Lord, we give you praise. Lord, we give you praise. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen and amen. The teaching is going to be is going to be available. I promise that. That's why I'm running up right now. Everyone, put your right hand on your chest for me, Father. I pray for these ones this morning. I speak to them prophetically. From today, no more procrastination. From today, no more doubt. No more unbelief. In the name of Jesus, I ask, Lord, from this morning, instill in them the consciousness to trust you like never before. Instill in them the habit to walk like Jesus. They will trust you, Lord, including me. Help us to trust you. That by the end of this year, every aspect of our life is going to experience a massive growth. That project we have begun, that one that I started that school, that job, that marriage plan, that building, that um, yeah, school, whatever they have started, Lord, they will not stop halfway. The grace to complete and complete well in the name of Jesus. Nobody will drop halfway. Nobody will stop halfway. We will move. We will not be discouraged. We will not procrastinate anymore. We will not be lazy anymore. We will not give up anymore in the name of Jesus. In this atmosphere, I speak healing over sick bodies. I speak healing anyone going through any tough time, the Lord come to your rescue. The Lord come through for you. You will come back with a testimony. You will come back with a miracle. In Jesus' powerful name, we pray. Amen and amen. I'm sure you are blessed this morning. I don't know about you. I'm super blessed. Tonight, we are not meeting at the Hebron guest house. We are meeting online tonight. The time will be posted. All right? The time will be posted. If you have an offering, go ahead and give. Your offering is blessed. You have yet to give your first fruit. You can go ahead. Your tithe, you can go ahead. Until I see you again, my name is Pastor Norbert Freeman. You know I love you. There's absolutely nothing you can do about it.